Hello and welcome to episode 151, 151 of the NCP. David can count. <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. My name is David and with me for this episode we have Crystal. Hello. And Bo. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, yesterday was my birthday. Yes. Happy, happy birthday, boys! Yeah, happy birthday! Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you! Does it, is he mean happy birthday to you! Is he ya. now old man, boy? No, he's actually still young man. He's only, he's only 29. Oh, okay. So he's still I'm, officially uh, young. 21. 21. 21. 21. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even over 30 yet. How old does that make you feel? Had my first drink today. <laughs> <laughs> and what was it? Surely your first drink was like a cooler of some kind. Oh, I know what my first drink was. When I was a kid, I used to steal um, uh, margarita mix from the uh, liquor cabinet because I thought it had alcohol in it. It turns out margarita mix is just like sugary <laughs> fruit water. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, once I caught on to that, there was no alcohol in that. I used to sneak um, a Jägermeister from uh, my dad's Jägermeister and. Um, I thought all alcohol tasted as strong as that, like because that's like yeah. really strong stuff. Yeah, that's that's so, like, long. I I thought even if like you drank a beer, it was going to be like that <laughs> strong, you know. <laughs> that's what what a way to start your alcoholic career, <laughs> Jägermeister. Oh wow, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, so happy birthday. And we do have to point out the R, in fact, in the new undercast studio. Yeah, Woo-hoo. yeah, yeah. This we got a cool. place downtown. And um, I'm here next door to a private investigator. Um, you know what's funny is if I'm really quiet and he's got a client in there, I can hear, like, all their business. Like, the other day someone was getting uh, finding out that their wife was cheating on them. Uh, so, yeah, I get, to, I get to hear all the gossip in here. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Just have like, a, have, like, a glass to the wall. Yeah, I was going to say, he's going to walk in one day and catch me with my glass to the wall listening to his side of the room. <laughs> you should record him recording their conversations and then use that against him. Hire yeah. him to investigate him. Yeah, I'll um, <laughs> hire him. No, there's, there, it would be nice if there was another PI inside the office. I can hire him to follow that PI, but not for any kind of, uh, just for the gossip, just so you can tell yeah. me. Tell me what he found out. Would it be awesome if you like you put the glass on the wall and you, you all he heard was him watching Better Call Saul? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get getting some tips. I'm not sure I would hire a PI that's located right next to a recording studio. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, I want everything we can, recorded. We might accidentally. Yeah, what if people listen to our show and like like uh, do the whole like CSI thing where they're like. Remove the guys talking. Yeah. Now turn off the background volume. Yeah. Listen closely. And then in the background, all you hear is background. <laughs> you hear in the background, you can hear everybody's secrets next door. <laughs> talking about the Church of Gale and stuff. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, that's what's well, very exciting. I'm, we're, we're very jealous. We're, I mean, we're, we're in our lounge room. You have an actual official studio. I don't, I don't know. This is the brightest idea in the world. I mean, I got to pay for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. We had like we had like a whole marketing deal worked out where we were going to like have all this paid for for a year, and then and it fell through. And we decided to do it anyway. So mm. uh, we'll see how it goes. It, right now, it's kind of month to month to see if we're going to be able to keep it up. But it's always been a little mini dream of me and Matt. So we'll we'll do it for as long as we can. Yeah. Well, hopefully the the uh, undercast fans will help support through Patreon and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I got I got a new undercast. I got a new idea coming up that's gonna encompass all of our undercast. So I can't tell you what it is yet, but all right. But I got a new idea coming up. All right, cool, sweet. So stay tuned to undercastnetwork.com. <laughs> for this episode, uh, for this episode of NCP, because we are only on the NCP, huh? which is part of undercast. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> we have news uh, round five of Clash of Champions season three, which is Batgirl versus Psylocke. And the triumphant return of Azerothian Times. Azerothian Times. It's it's about Azerothian Times. Oh, I think I made that joke before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got quite a lot of news to go through, but um, yeah, but it is yeah. We didn't have any Azerothian Times last episode, so Bo was a bit upset, and so we're going to do Azerothian Times. And we're so, gonna... it's not just been last episode. It's been quite no, not last episode. A couple of episodes. A back, couple yeah. Of episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A few. Yeah. You're you're on the ball. If you count the original flavor cruise, it's it's quite a few episodes. <laughs> the original flavor crew. <laughs> I love that too. It's hilarious. Um, they didn't listen. We can call it whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, so let's go. <laughs> they never listen. They never listen. I can edit out anything. They ev- I edit out all of them. I just have you and me every episode, and they wouldn't even now, know. What would be the point of having them over? I don't, just because they're smiling faces. <laughs> Luke's a, Luke's a handsome man. <laughs> now, well, so let's get uh, let's get in some news. We'll, we'll get the uh, the sad news out of the way. Uh, quick, uh, we've got uh, a rest in peace for Omar Sharif, uh, the the great Egyptian actor. Omar Sharif, uh, obviously best known for his roles in Lawrence of Arabia and Doctor Shavago, has uh, has passed on. So that is a shame. He was cool. Yeah, cool eyes. Eighty three. A reporter described his eyes as liquid brown. Liquid Brown. Yeah, he was a cool dude. I like to think I've got Liquid Brown. He's also a champion bridge player. How's that for weird? That's his favourite thing. I know. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's the sad news. So Sorry, that's sad. Then he's on to uh, SDC is on. San Diego Comic Con is on as we speak. Uh, if, as usual, there's been there's a whole bunch of announcements. I'm not going to go through every single one of them because it's madness. Uh, but uh, the couple of things I want to point on is uh, we'll have some we'll have some Warcraft announcements in the Azerothian time section. But I do want to say that they had uh, the cast from Star Wars Episode Seven on hand, and uh, they showed some behind the scenes, like it's a three and a half minute first footage of behind the scenes stuff from uh, Episode Seven, and uh, it was damn cool. I haven't so, got to see any of this yet. You haven't seen it yet? Well, well, it's got Simon no, Pegg, which uh, kind of ruins it, because Simon Pegg's in it. But it <laughs> actually, I'm annoyed, at, I'm annoyed at Simon, Simon Pegg. I'm annoyed at Simon Pegg at the moment, because he dis nerds. It's like, you're the... You're like the epitome of nerds. He's he dis nerds. Why? How does he dis nerds? Oh, I don't want to get into it. It's, it's no point getting into it. No, 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 we gotta get into that. We gotta oh. get into that. What, what All right. Well, he wrote a, he wrote he wrote an article about he got he got a, he's been announced as the writer of Star Trek Three. Yeah, I heard about that. And he wrote a post, basically saying that you know, sort of the classic nerds got to get out of the house, you know, and try not to be nerds type sort of post. I can't, I can't. I don't know the exact wording, but that's essentially what it is. It's like, was he know. talking about himself? No, he's talking about talking about fandom, essentially fandom. Hmm. Yeah, and anyway, so and I just found that quite hypocritical. <laughs> it's like I'm sure I'm, it was hilarious. I had to no. read the post. Yeah, you got to read read the post and judge for yourself. But uh, I, he was he was serious. He wasn't trying to be funny. Simon Pegg doesn't have to try to be funny. No, anyway, whatever. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't try to be funny. He annoyed me. But the rest of the, the rest of the behind the scenes footage is cool stuff. So it was, yeah. So and it mainly focuses on their desire to do practical effects. Quite a lot of practical stuff. 
Uh, which yeah. is which is cool stuff. Uh, other news uh, we've got is Domo, good our, our good friend and uh, professional comic artist Domo Stanton. His uh, hard at work on our Clash of Champions comic. Uh, so as we've announced uh, a few episodes back, uh, we've we've put uh, round one, which was X twenty three versus Robin, into into comic form, and uh, he's he's posted a couple of panels on his Facebook page, which is really cool. Just a couple of panels, not whole pages. Yeah, and uh, I don't even know. I don't even know that he was wanting to officially, like we just kind of. I, I looked at it and just kind of figured out that it was our book. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he doesn't even announce it. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of snuck this one, kind of snuck in there and found it. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely the NCP book though. Oh yeah, he's he's already sent me page one. Um, he hasn't. It's uh, the pencils and inks, and he's he's working on the. On the other other pages as well, and he's he's going to have them more coloured and stuff like that. So once they once they're done, we'll have them actually printed up, and uh, we'll yeah. we'll have them available at PAX. So if you're going to PAX Melbourne this year in uh, October, I do believe, then uh, yeah, look out for us because uh, NCP crew and the Mana Mojo crew will be there. It's a shame the ECN crew aren't also going to be there, but what can you do? <laughs> but uh, we'll be uh, handing out some uh, some copies, totally free. It's yeah, so man. exciting, awesome. Awesome, awesome stuff, man! It's yeah. looking rad too. It does look mad. I mean, it looks magnificent. Domo yeah. is an absolute champion. He's a he's a mm-hmm. he's a great guy, and uh, and importantly, a great artist. So it's good. The sequel to Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird uh, is being released in a couple of days' time. Uh, it's called Go Go Set a Watchman, um, and it's a fascinating. So there's a fascinating story behind this story, uh, as well as uh, the reason I want to bring it up, which is the internet reaction to uh, a review that the New York Times did. So, Ghost Hunter Watchmen is, even though it's a sequel to uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, it wasn't written as such. It was actually the original version of To Kill a Mockingbird, and it was when uh, when Harper uh, originally. Um, uh, Gave the the copy of the story to her editor. The editor said, um, "It's like no, we actually I actually want you to set it um, and keep Scout as the protagonist, but move move the story twenty years previously so that she's a little girl and sort of see, you know, her her sort of growing up." And so that's what she did. And so then we have the brilliance that is to kill a mockingbird. I mean, so it's I mean, I, I think I don't think I'm alone in in this group at least by saying that it is it's genius and you know it's it's much loved for very for obvious reasons and. And uh, it was a it was a brilliant idea, but now they've actually they've they've found the original manuscript, very and uh, without apparently without any editing, they've now actually put that uh, to available for uh, publishing. Um, now there was a bit of controversy behind that, as just very quickly there's because I mean Harper's now she's what ninety seven or something, quite old. Yeah, she's very old, and uh, apparently she's um, she's got Alzheimer's and stuff like that, and so they they and her. Sister, who was her living carer, uh, died fairly recently, uh, and their people people have been saying that the controversy is that uh, they basically forced Harper to publish this book because she's just said straight out that Two Killer Mockingbird is the only book she's ever ever written and will ever write, and uh, they've you know they've basically strong armed her into releasing this one, and you know there's there's been an investigation and there's been no proof of that. So whether it's true or not, can't really say. Uh, but anyway, so the book—I mean, the book—is releasing in a couple of, in a couple of days, and um, like I said, New York Times has done a review, and people are, are upset because not only because of that review, but also because the first chapter is actually all, already available and has been available for a couple of weeks. Um, so the first book is set in the '30s uh, during Scout's childhood, and the second book is set uh, when Scout is now an adult. So Scout—it's. Uh, 
the 1950s. Um, and so she's now 27 or something like that. She actually doesn't even get called Scout anymore. She gets called her actual real name, which is Jean something, Jean Marie or something like that. Um, anyway, so um, so yeah, so it's now set in the 50s. And so it's set during uh, the Brown versus Board of Education decision um, and basically the you know c- civil rights. I mean, a major... A major point in history for uh, black rights and um, African-American rights. And to the readers and, to more importantly, to Scout's disgust, uh, she uh, has found that Atticus has turned into a massive racist. Um, and so he's, I mean, he, he just has some horrible lines like, I mean, he, actually, he's a te- he once attended a Klan meeting. He says things like, the Negroes down here are still in their childhood as a people, and do you want Negroes by the car load in our schools and churches and theatres? Do you want them in our world? And so, and and the whole, I mean, the whole sort of theme, the whole theme of the book, I, I guess, I mean, I haven't not read it yet, is is basically you can't, nothing stays the same. You can't, you can't go home again. And so, so, I mean, so she's, Scout, through Scout, the reader is quite disillusioned with the fact that even someone as wonderful as Atticus can, can change as they grow older and, you know, with the times and that sort of stuff. Um, and so people are quite upset. And, I mean, and you can you can see why, because Atticus is revered as uh, the saint, as a saint, as almost. I mean, I mean, people, I mean, people, people become lawyers because of Atticus. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he inspires people to be better than they are. And there's, and, and it's important. It's important to note that there's there's two different versions of Atticus. There's the book version and there's the film version, as played by Gregory Peck. And like, I, no one can deny that the movie version of, of is like the ultimate father figure. I mean, he is for a lot of people, for a lot of people of that generation in the '60s when that film came out, he was the perfect father. And you can you can see that. There's no I, there's no denying it. It's a brilliant, it's a brilliant book. It's a brilliant film. Um, but we do need to point out that in the original book, which I've read multiple multiple times. Atticus is a racist in that book, in by our, de- our de- definitions. Maybe not in those, maybe not in those times, but by our definitions now, Atticus is a racist. He sends the his scout and her brother go to um, a segregated school. Their their maid is a black woman who has to come in through the back door. She's not allowed to come in through the front door, you know. So whether he, he obviously he's not doing it in a malicious way. He's doing it because that is that's the, just what you do. That's the environment that they live in in those times. So mm. it's and, and so he's still he's still a, a wonderful person, but he still has to live by the rules and tenets of his society in those sort of in those sort of days. Um, so it's not infeasible that he does become the man that he becomes in in Ghost at a Watchman. And it is also also important to note that. He. This is the original version of Atticus. So actually, so Harper wrote him originally like this, and then went back and changed him for the better. In well, my so opinion, another important thing to note is this is only the first chapter. Yeah, we don't know. Well, the New York Times actually read the whole thing. I was going to say, well, we don't know how he fares throughout the rest of the book. Yeah, well, he doesn't change. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is the first chapter to the second book in, in theory, you know? Yeah. So it's so I can I mean, yeah, so I can understand why people are upset. I mean it's I'm not gonna deny that I am also kind of upset about it. I mean I'm not shocked by it. I mean it doesn't shock me, but it does kind of upset me. Um I don't and I and I don't even have the emotional attachment to the book and film that you know, thousands of people around the world do. I mean there are some people that that are really quite quite moved by this and you know and I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I can understand why. 
But uh, what, do you, what do you guys think? I'm prepared to reserve my judgment till I actually read the book. Mm. I mean, I mean it's just Atticus's character is just one aspect of the whole book. Mm. That's a good point. That's good. That's actually a really good point because the book because the movie focuses is is mainly on Atticus and the trial, and the book focuses mainly on Scout and her living in day to day life. So you know her growing up. So it's yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I, I reserve I reserve judgment until. I've read the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, the internet goes crazy at the top of a hat. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't read the original. I don't think. I don't know if I've read the original book or not. I think I probably read an excerpt from it or something like that from in school. Yeah, but I never. I've probably never read the whole thing cover to cover. Really? I thought um, it was a staple of American education. I, I mean. I remember seeing the movie in school, yeah, and and I, I may have read the book, but I'm sure at some point I had to read a section of the book, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen or or read. I that was the the only interaction with it with me as a kid. Mm. Um, so I don't I don't really know how connected to it I am, but I don't remember the guy being racist in the movie. Yeah, no, he's not. Um, well, I mean, like, he says that's the thing. He's he's not he's not hor- not a horrible racist in the film, but he's. He still has to live by the tenets of his society. So, this, I mean, the, the maid still yeah. has to come in through the back door. Society is sort of racist at that point. So he is still technically racist, but not maliciously. But so. not maliciously. Yeah, and but it's, not yeah. in a malicious way. And, yeah. and like you're saying in the first chapter of this book, like he's saying stuff about like you know desegregating schools and all this kind of stuff. Like that yeah, doesn't yeah. seem like the same character in the movie. No. Yeah, you're but again, right. Again, it might be different in the book. I don't know. Yeah. And another thing I want to point out is he doesn't he doesn't defend. Um, the the young black man in the book in the movie what's what's his name Tom, Robinson something uh, yeah so Tom Tom Robinson so he doesn't he doesn't defend it, de, de, de decide to agree to defend him purely because he's a black man he de, he decides to defend him because he's innocent so it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. so he says and because he's and because he's black he won't get a fair trial so it's not it's for, so for Atticus it's it's only it's about justice it's only yeah it's only periphery that's a race thing it's a justice thing. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think people have sort of built up a lot, sort of yeah. sort of built Atticus up a lot more than he really kind of needed to be. I but think I was fortunate enough not to have studied it at school. I think because I think studying books at school make you automatically turn against them. I read it after school and I quite enjoyed it. But I think if I had studied it at school, I would have. Studying books at school is a chore, and and you have to sort of delve so deep into it, you end up turning against the book. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, I just thought it was I thought it was just interesting. I mean, I do I do want to read it. I, I definitely definitely want to read it and uh, I'm intrigued to see sort of how I react to it. But I can't understand why people are upset about it. It's a really interesting story behind how the book came out and that's that's really neat. Mm. I probably would have had no interest in it before, but uh after hearing the story, I'm kind of interested in it myself. Cool. Uh, so yeah, so let's uh, let's move on to the original plan was for this to be a group review, but uh, it turns out that uh, I was mistaken. I actually I was watching ECN. And I thought Bo said that he'd seen Terminator Genesis, but he actually hasn't. <laughs> He's actually saw Jurassic yeah. World. <laughs> I, I planned to see and, it, but I've yeah, been ill. Yeah, yeah, and, that's, and yeah, that's right. We were going to go see it, but you were but you were sick. So um, so I'm the only one who's seen it. So I'm the only one who's going to review it. So this is going to be as non-spoilery as I can possibly make it. I actually, I'm a bit of a shocker. I do accidentally spoil stuff. Uh, I do apologize for that. So I'm going to be, I'm going to try my hardest to not spoil this. Your nickname from now on should be Rosebud. Rosebud. <laughs> so, because I don't want Crystal to uh, be annoyed. So, because <laughs> she still wants to see it. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. So Terminator Genesis. 
It's the fifth film in the Terminator series. Uh, so Terminator 1, 2, 3, and Salvation. So that's the fifth one after that. And it is serves as a sort of... Uh, it's, a, it's a reboot slash remake slash sequel type thing. They don't really very... Cl- they don't clarify it very well because it would kind of give away some parts of the plot to sort of clarify exactly what it is. So it sort of fits all of those bills. It's uh, it's directed by Alan Taylor, who uh, directed Thor The Dark World. Uh, it, of course, stars Arnold Schwarzenegger um, as uh, the T-800. So even that kind of gives stuff away. But anyway, so it's the Terminator 800. Uh, it, and, um, it's in the trailer. That's not a spoiler. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, it also has um, uh, Jason Clark, who plays John... Connor, uh, Amelia Clark, no relation, uh, who plays uh, Sarah, um, and Jai, I can't act, Courtney for uh, Reese, <laughs> Kyle Reese. I mean, he's just, he's you, just what, what terrible. Jai Courtney? Oh, he's just, he's the worst. I, I, I pick on, I pick on Sam Worthington a lot, but he's like Lawrence Olivier in comparison to Jai Courtney. I mean, Jai Courtney is just the worst actor I've seen. And I've seen some pretty bad films. <laughs> but he's just, he's just, he has no chemistry with Amelia of any kind. They're meant to be, you know, deeply in love. No chemistry. They're like brother and sister. It's, it's actually kind of creepy. And he just has no presence, no presence of any kind. Like the, the, any, in any of the drama scenes, it's like he's, it's like he's bored. It's like, just get off the screen. Seriously, you're hopeless. Um, <laughs> the only time he wasn't crap was in Reacher. Every other film, awful. So you don't, you don't like this guy then? I got. I kind of think he's him personally. He could be awesome. Who knows? I mean, uh, I'm happy to go for a beer with the dude, but he can't act. That's all I'm saying. Pick another profession. I, I don't think he's going to be happy. To go <laughs> Probably not. Anyway, so yeah, so that's that's the end. Unless of course, you're paying. <laughs> um, I'm a Jason Clark fan. Um, he's. Uh, I do believe Jason Clark is Australian. I don't know. I could be wrong, but he's um, he's he's a good actor. He's uh, he's in um, uh, Dawn of the Planet. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, or um, and uh, various other stuff. So he's had a. Uh, oh, he's also in. Um, what's that? Is it White? Not White House Down. The other one. Not there. Yeah, White House Down. Not Olympus of Fall. The White House Down one. Very placed one of the bad guys. So it's, yeah, I, I like him. He's pretty good. Um, also, and uh, he also we also have uh, J.K. Simmons. He is Australian. He is Australian. Yay. Um, Australian. I call him the Chin. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an awesome chin, dude. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> he's he's going to be the next Bond villain. The chin. <laughs> the chin. Um, anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, J.K. Simmons has, uh, has a role as uh, as a cop. Um, and uh, he's hilarious. He's probably the best thing in the film, to be honest. Um, the, the plot... <laughs> I don't want to get too much into the plot without giving too much away, but essentially it is... It follows the same sort of basic idea as The Terminator, is that it's you know, in the future, the war, Skynet loses, and so... It cheats by sending a Terminator back in time in order to kill our protagonists. Um, the in the original sort of Terminator, Terminator Two type stuff, it's well in Terminator it, it sends it changes every time. In Terminator One, it's, it sends one back to 1984 to kill Sarah. Uh, in Terminator Two, it sends one they send one back to kill John <laughs> as a as a kid. So and also one to therefore protect him. Um, in Three, they send back the the TK. Um, or whatever her designation is, I think it's T three thousand or something, um, to kill, to not only kill John but also kill his wife. Uh, and Salvation, there's none of that because it's all set in the future. And then in this one, it's you do see the T eight hundred though. 
Yeah, you see T Hedge right. when he goes yeah, to Skynet. Yeah. yeah, at the end. Yeah. Um, so, but so in this one, it's it's basically so. So, so when I was saying before that how this is going to like a remake, reboot, sequel type thing, it's what it does is uh, it takes certain scenes from the previous films and then reimagines reimagines them with their new plot line. Um, so. So it's rewritten history. So to give you an idea, yeah, so it's, it's, it's rewriting history based on the original films. So, I, so I'll give you an idea, right? So this is, I mean, this, this is, I mean, this is in the trailer, so I can, get, I can get away with this. Okay, so to give you an idea of what I mean, you have the original film, Terminator, gets sent back to 1984 to kill Sarah. And he arrives, they recreate those scenes. And actually, it's actually very well done. They recreate those scenes very, very well done. Um, and it's, it's a de-aged, they use the de-aged CGI uh, on Arnie. Um, it's actually Arnie's de-aged face on a another person's body. And uh, it's pretty impressive. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's, so they recreate the scene where he arrives uh, up to the point until when he goes to the punks. Uh, the three punks, who originally, in the original film, one of them is Bill Paxton, and this one is not Bill Paxton, which is a shame. I had your clothes. Yeah, he's where he basically says, like, yeah, it's nice day, nice night for a walk, wash day tomorrow, give me your clothes. And then diverts, because you then have uh, a Terminator that was sent back to 1973. So they, so Skynet changed it up slightly by sending, sending back to kill one, which is a smart move, to kill Sarah when she's a child. She's like eight. Um, but... Uh, they send yeah so there's so Sky, but actually and it actually sends a T one thousand which you never get to see this stuff but um, but uh, somebody it's never revealed who actually sends back a T eight hundred as the protector of eight year old Sarah and so therefore you have a, a, a Terminator that's existed since nineteen seventy three up until nineteen eighty four and so in this scene the Terminator the nineteen seventy three Terminator shows up and actually says you won't need any clothes. I'm not going to do an Arnie accent. You know, well, you won't need any clothes. And then they fight. And so then that, that whole storyline. So, so basically Terminator 1 doesn't happen up until up, up to, after that point, right? Which I'm not going to lie, I actually kind of enjoyed. Actually, I mean, it's, it's quite well done. The fight's cool. Um, the de-aged Arnie just looks magnificent. Um, Is it better than the de-aged um, Jeff Bridges? Oh yeah, because that was creepy. Oh, that's creepy. The de-aged <laughs> Jeff Bridges in Tron that Legacy. That bothered me until kind of... someone pointed it out to me, though. He oh. <laughs> just got he's just got dead eyes, man. Dead <laughs> eyes. That kind of worked on, on the grid. The eyes, yeah. yeah. It's the eyes. You just, it's just like, oh, that's weird, man. Um, but uh, no, it just it just it looks like this. So so up until this point, I'm enjoying it, right? As a fanboy. I'm actually thinking this yeah. is pretty cool, right? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, it's I mean it's ridiculous, but it's still cool, and. And so then it sort of sort of diverts even it diverts even further because uh, Kyle shows up. So Kyle shows up in 1984, and once again they re- they try and recreate those scenes. So you've got Kyle who he appears above the street. So when he lands on the on the ground, he get, he gets hurt. It's got the bum in the alley. It's like, hey man, did you see a real bright light? You know that it's got it recreates all that sort of stuff. Kyle steals his pants. <laughs> the whole deal. Then the the police show up and Kyle gets chased into the department store. The difference is, is though that this in the original they are just normal, they they're just normal police officers. Uh, whereas in this one, Skynet has sent back uh, another Terminator, and this this time a T one thousand. So instead of so it's the metal liquid metal. Yeah, it's the liquid metal one. So and it's not Robert Patrick, and it's not Robert Patrick. No, it's an Asian. It's an Asian guy. Um, and, oh, which, really? Yeah, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. So it's so and the, it's so all right. So that's that's as far as I want to go. 
in telling that, in describing yeah. that scene, because that now it now it, it becomes become, spoilers yeah, and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, left the trailer now. Yeah, so that's uh, now I've, I've I've left the trailer at this point, right? Mm-hmm. We'll come back to the trailer in a second, but um, you're off the rant. Um, yeah, no, I'm up, <laughs> so and then and so then the, then the story sort of diverged from there. So the, so the basic so the idea now is that because Sarah has been aware of the Terminators since her, she was eight years old. She is now no longer the Sarah that you expect to see in 2000. She's not... I mean, it's, uh, John actually even tells Kyle, you know, the Sarah that you're going to meet is not the Sarah that I've explained to you, the, the kick-butt Sarah that taught me everything. She's actually a waitress. And Kyle's like, a what? And so Because I don't even have waitresses in the future, which makes sense. Um, they can barely eat, let alone have waitresses. Um, so the... Yeah, so so Kyle, so Sarah is not the Sarah that we expect to see the the girl that works as a waitress. She's not and Linda Hamilton. She's she's and she, well, she's not she's not you know young innocent Linda Hamilton. She's uh, she's already she's already the kick, she's meant to be the kick butt Sarah. The only problem is that Amelia Clark it just doesn't it just doesn't work. She I mean, she looks like she's twelve for a start. I mean she's just, which is not her fault, but she's got you know this baby face that just doesn't really work. And the dialogue that she gives her that they that they give her just. It just she just comes across as a, a petulant teenager more than anything else. Not she doesn't come across as the kick butt Sarah that you kind of expect to see. Um, and to be fair, she's not meant to be the Terminator Two Sarah. I mean, where she become, practically becomes a Terminator herself. She's meant to be sort of an amalgam between the innocent Sarah that you, you expect to see and the the kick butt Sarah. And, and unfortunately, it just doesn't really work. I mean, it's tough, tough Amelia Clark does does not, does not work. Um, but that's you know that's that's my opinion. Um, anyway, so so yeah, so the story sort of diverges from there. So you see so now in a whole new sort of uh, what we supposedly in a whole new storyline. You've got the Terminator from nineteen seventy three, Amelia that has practically raised Sarah because uh, her parents died in nineteen seventy three. So the so Terminator's raised her, and she refers to him as pops, and um, which is ridiculous. And she's and the and, and he is ages. He's aging. So they've actually so they've got three different versions of Arnie and it's it's quite well done. It's it's so it's actually the biological comp- composition of the Terminator can age. Then. Yeah, that's right. So the skin and flesh does yeah. age as normal. Um, so they actually mention that in like Terminator Two, I think. There's yeah, one of the Terminator movies they actually mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it actually, and it makes perfect sense. Um, so you've got the 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 real the the, the nineteen eighty four de aged Arnie versus a nineteen seventy three de aged Arnie. So they've still got to de age him because he can't he doesn't can't look the way he does now. And then you've got, and then later on, uh, well, I can't really explain why, but then later on you've got the 2017 version of the Arnie Terminator who looks like Arnie does actually really look now. So, um, so it's, it's actually, it's, it's quite well done. It's, it's, I mean, the, the CGI, the CGI is, is a mixed bag. You've got, you know, the DH stuff is really, really well done. Some of the other stuff is quite well done. The T-1000, you know, obviously always looks cool. Um, and, uh, one other thing, which I'll get to in a very in a brief second, um, which does look quite cool as well. But then you've got the sort of the the mixed bag of CGI, like I said. Uh, so then you've got some like shockingly bad CGI with the helicopter chases. <laughs> there's there's you know the good guys in one helicopter being chased by uh, the bad guy in the other helicopter, and they just they look so fake. It's like, come on, what? Why did you? Just- they spend a little bit more money. Spend all their money on the de aging. They spend all their money on the de aging. You're right. So it just it just looks terrible. It's just it's probably the worst sequence in the film. Um, so yeah. So that brings us that brings me to the other part of the trailer that I'm allowed to talk about is that for some obscure reason I'm not too sure why they did it. I mean I have a theory why, but uh, I, they reveal that John is in fact a Terminator in the trailer. And I just think that was a massive mistake because it's just that's actually probably the only surprise twist in the film, hmm. and it's already ruined in the trailer for you anyway. 
So it's um, I mean the theories behind it are is because you know the word of mouth wasn't good, the film looked bad, people were bad mouthing it, and they sort of they went to extremes sort of situations. They they a they revealed the major plot twist. Alan Taylor, by the way, was quite pissed off about that. So it's like I filmed it to be a surprise, and you can tell he did. And then you know they do and they go and go ahead and do this, which is ridiculous. Um, and uh, so they don't they don't reveal how he becomes a Terminator or why or you know when or any of that sort of stuff in the trailer. But they do reveal that Johnny's in fact a Terminator, a advanced version of a Terminator. And he does look awesome. That scene where he walks out the fire looks mad. Um, but uh, oh, the other theory, the other three, the other thing they 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 were getting a bit worried, and so they actually paid James Cameron. <laughs> to watch the film and give them a positive review. So cash for comments. What? Yeah, that's that's the th- that, that's the rumor. I don't know if that's true. James Cameron did see the film and did say that it was good, but whether they paid him to say that, I don't know. Yeah, and but I, James Cameron also made well, Avatar. Yeah, well, well, I hope that they did because oh, him, he I said it was awesome. Hate that movie. Yeah, yeah Avatar's no. terrible. Well, that changes. Like, if if that's true, which mm. I guess we don't necessarily know that it is, but if that's true. Uh, who cares what James Cameron says on like any movie ever? Yeah, I'm with you. For it, you know. Yeah, his whole it's credibility is now down. Is now down the toilet. You're totally right. Um, because this film's crap. I mean, it's 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 simple as that. It's it's, it's not really. Yeah, it is, and it's in. You know, that's basically that's all my notes. So, I mean, it's unfortunately, I mean, yeah, the film. Got crap written across a big paper. <laughs> no, it's just, yeah, the, the things that the things that I was allowed to point out. There's other stuff that I wanted to talk about, but I've just I've decided not yeah. to because I thought that might be a bit too spoily. So, so look, I mean, it's, let's be honest, the film's not good, and, and nobody's going to say that it is. I mean, anybody who says it is is just lying. It's, it's just flat. It's lying. I mean, it's, people it's, are allowed to have a different opinion. No, no, no. It's just it's it's no. It, but it fails. It <laughs> fails. Is it? It's crap. <laughs> it's crap in the in the sense that it fails the the basic tenets of filmmaking. Right? It's got a bad story. It's badly acted. It's badly put together. So I mean, they're the things that you need to have to, to make a film, and it fails in all three of those things. Now, I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Right? I enjoyed it because. But isn't I'm that a, the goal? Well, that's the thing. So that's why that's why my review. That's my review is. I like. I mean, like, like I said before, my reviews are. I, I rate them on based on whether I enjoy them or not, right? Not on whether they're actually good films or not, because I is because I just think that's a fairer way, you know? Because because like I said, people have different opinions. So so film school hat on. The film's terrible. <laughs> film school hat off. I enjoyed the hell out of this film. <laughs> I enjoyed it because of its terribleness. Right? I enjoyed it because it. It because of you like it like the scene that the scene of the Arnie versus the Arnie sort of stuff. I love that sort of stuff. My favorite scene in Salvation, which is an awful film, Salvation fails so bad. But I love that scene at the end where John, where the Terminator walks out of the room and the look on John's face of just you know just horror. You know, I, just, I love that sort of stuff. Is it is it as good as Lara the Jungle Girl? It was Anara. Anara yeah, the, the Jungle Girl. Girl. No, it wasn't. But that's that's a, that's a conversation for another day. Um, but uh, yeah, so. So that's why. So that's why with, with with my rating, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it two out of five, purely because it, I just really enjoyed those those Arty on Arty seeds and and sort of messing with the timeline. Arty on Arty. Let's not throw a bit of Arty on Arty. And they're both, and one of them's naked at the time. Think about that. <laughs> so I mean, if if I wasn't if I wasn't reviewing because of, of my enjoyment level, it'd be. Point zero point five out of five. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, it's terrible. But it's been gracious two out of five. Then. Yeah, but it, but in, in enjoyment level, I I recommend if you're a Terminator, Terminator fan, check it out because uh, it's got a lot. Of, it's got a lot to love. 
I, uh, <laughs> I kind of want to. I was. I I I think it's hilarious that because like everything you were describing, I was like, yeah, this sounds awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, huh? man, I might have been wrong about this movie. Yeah, and then you're like, but it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still gonna go see it. I think it, I think it looks I think it looks kind of rad. But yeah, I don't. I uh, it like it kind of reminds me of Jurassic World in that it's probably not the best movie ever, but it's gonna be a lot of fun and and. I'm going to go see it. But now the difference is, though, is that Jurassic Jurassic World fits in the Jurassic Park like universe, or mm. it fits inside of those movies, because they weren't perfect. Those weren't great movies. But Terminator 2 is almost a perfect movie. Mm. You know, so it's kind of it's kind of odd that it's not bookending that well. No. Yeah, well, it's, it's, well, it's not odd, because the story's terrible. And it doesn't make any yeah. sense. <laughs> so, oh, anyway. yeah. So if you took out, if you took, if you took out Jai Courtney, I'd probably, I'd probably get another star. Get a whole star. Get a whole star. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. I do but, I do uh, recommend uh, you check it out. If you're a Terminator fan, check it out. It actually is a lot of fun for at least three quarters of it. So next up, we've got uh, Bo. So, yeah, so Ascension, it'll have to be quick because um, I can't give you any spoilers. Um, and this show is one of the it's, – it changes itself every two episodes. Um, <laughs> but the original premise – I'll give you the I'll give you the first the opening of the show right yeah all right so here's how the show opens it's kind of one of those uh, like murder mystery whodunit kind of like uh, what's that recent David Tennant uh, TV Broad show Church? where he's a detective what is it, is it? Broadchurch Broadchurch yeah it's kind of like Broadchurch in the in the opening of the show it opens with um, a girl uh, everybody's like trying to find where this, you know, all of the, I can't remember her name, but it's like, you know, so-and-so is missing. Oh, she's supposed to be at the party. Oh, she's not here. Uh, that kind of thing. And then of course they find her body, you know, dead on the beach. And the show is kind of like, you know, who, who killed the girl, right? Uh, very similar to Broadchurch and those types of shows, the killing, um, that type of thing. Only you see, you see a beat, the body's on a beach, you see a beach, and then uh, the people that are missing the girl, they're at like a, a flight attendant looking party. Like it's this really lavish um, upscale party. And it, it, everybody's kind of in like air, like air liner clothes or something. you know. <laughs> um, and they all keep talking about how she's missing and everything. Well, then this is the this is the title sequence of the show. It pans out from the, the girl's body on the beach. It pans out to reveal that. The beach is actually like almost like a set, like it's made to look like a beach. It's not an actual beach, and it's one floor below the party that's going on. And then it pans out all the way till you see that this is actually like a space station floating in space. And it's and it's set up almost like a uh, like a cruise ship or something. Like Ooh. it's got all these different rooms and stuff that have like different environments in each room. Um, so it does a really good job of making you feel like it's actually a huge place, like you're in like a city or something. But it's actually just one vessel floating through space. Cool. And um, the whole show it does these reveals like this. Like every two episodes, the the, the paradigm of the show completely changes. Um, it's written by, and I looked into the writer because I wanted to see more. There's Adrian Cruz, which I looked up on IMDb. It doesn't like he's written much more than Ascension. Mm. Um, and then Philip Levins, which was the producer on um, Smallville, right. or a producer on Smallville, anyway. It has uh, the girl from Battlestar Galactic, uh, Trisha Helfer. <laughs> <laughs> so that so she's the one in Ascension. Yeah, so Trisha Helfer she plays uh, like the captain's wife. Oh, right. And um, they've got a whole weird like 
love thing going on. <laughs> okay, um, a weed love uh, thing. Is, so the show, the show is only one season, right? Um, right. And it does end on pseudo cliffhanger. Um, my only gripe with the show is that is that it ends on a cliffhanger, but yet apparently it was always intended to be one season. It never, they never had a plan to go further. So the premise of the show is there's some like secret science. There's some secret group of scientists in the '60s that um, were wanting to send these people into space um, for a hundred-year mission to some other planet. And as far as history is concerned, it never happened. But this is like an alternate telling of history that, like, where it actually did launch. And so these people have been on this ship since like 1964. Yeah, and they're they're on a hundred-year mission now. I can't really explain anything more about the mission because, like, it just, it leads, that's what, like, I, I can't say anything else about spoiling, but that is, that is how the show begins. Mm. You're trying to find out who killed this girl on the ship. There's a, there's a reporter on Earth that is, like, kind of uncovering the story um, that the ship may have actually launched in the 1960s. Um, and so you're kind of getting that story on Earth at the same time you're trying to solve the mystery in space, and it just, everything just changes you know, on its ear at the end of episode two and then at the end of episode four and then at the finale of the show, it changes again. I mean, cool. it just, it, this show just, just keeps unrolling I and mean, unraveling. It's crazy. Um, but uh, apparently it's like was a TV special. It was never meant to have a second season, Yeah. Um, yeah. which is a real shame because it ends on a pseudo cliffhanger. But at the same time, it has a good enough ending that I would still recommend, still recommend watching it. Cool. It does suffer from that because it's a sci-fi original, so it does suffer from that sci-fi where they don't necessarily, sci-fi doesn't always necessarily pay attention to all the little details. A lot of times um, they kind of like give you the broad story and not the little details. Yeah. Um, yeah. It does suffer from that a little bit, but honestly, I, it's the best sci-fi show I've ever seen. Like it's, it's, they don't do the subtle things, you know, mm. like they don't have the subtlety. It's all about the big story yeah. and the yeah. individual episodes are, are kind of like written poorly. Um, this show, there's a hint of it. There's a hint of it, but it's not. It's really not that bad. I've seen a lot worse, um, you know, from other channels. It's it's as far as sci-fi is concerned, it, it's the best thing they've ever put out. It's really good. Oh, we'll definitely take this out. To, I don't know how to rate. I don't know how to rate Ascension. Yeah, I get a three, three out of five. I can't put it on the same scale as like Lost and and um, Breaking Bad and those types of shows, but it's definitely better than. You know, usually I watch a show at midnight on Netflix, and I think, you know, I think, ah, it's not going to be that great. It was way better than most of those shows, so. Cool. Highly recommended. Powers. <laughs> oh, bloody Powers. <laughs> powers was just no <laughs> good. Power, powers failed, I'm afraid. It, it just, it didn't work. Um, cool. All right, well, let's uh, move on to Clash of Champions. Ladies and gentlemen. Also, so Clash of Champions round five, Batgirl, the Cassandra Kane version. I needed to point that out. Uh, versus Psylocke. Now I did uh, specify in Facebook that it was the pre-mind rewired version of Cassandra, so the mute version that you get right at the start. Well, she can't say anything. She doesn't have to say anything. She kicks ass. That's all she needs to do. <laughs> and uh, the Psylocke is the Rick Remender X Force version of Psylocke. So she doesn't oh, have okay. that. So she's uh, pretty damn good, <laughs> pretty damn powerful stuff. But uh, Cassandra, I intentionally went with the the, the pre mind white rewired version of Cassandra because uh, because when she gets her, she basically the, a, a psychic 
makes her able for her to learn how to speak. Um, but that means she also then loses her ability to read her opponent. So before that, she she can actually she can predict what you're about to do before you do it uh, in yeah. a, in a combat situation. So without that ability, she doesn't really stand much of a chance. So, but she has that, and she kicks a lot of butt. When she has that ability, she goes up against Batman, and it's a draw. Uh, she also goes up against nobody beats Batman. Deathstroke, and that's also a draw. So Deathstroke is actually unable to during the, the first fight with Deathstroke. Deathstroke can't hit her. Like, can't land a blow because she just keeps blocking everything. So it's pretty since, pretty impressive. Since we've started the uh, ladder system, we haven't had a Batman combatant. Robin was the first. Yeah. Brown. No, no, a Batman. Oh, a Batman. Batman. Had Batman. Yeah. I'm looking at it. Batman is essentially the same as Deadpool. <laughs> so once Batman's in there, Batman will win. Yeah. So he, he will find, he will... De- deduce a way to win. I yeah. mean, Batman wins against Darkseid and stuff. It's ridiculous. So, no, Batman will never show up. Ever. A disgrace we even had Deadpool in it. That's why this current round doesn't have Deadpool. Deadpool versus Batman? Deadpool versus Batman. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's a good one. That's a good I'd still say Batman. Although I do love that Batman versus Darth Vader video that uh, Bat in the Sun did where Batman loses. And I was like, yeah! Because that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so uh, the arena, 1800 by 1800 feet island, four city blocks filled with typical city stuff, buildings, warehouse, cars, shops, that sort of stuff. It's covered by a force field that reaches up 700 kilometers. Into space. I'm sorry, <laughs> I haven't had enough coffee. <laughs> and uh, there are no civilians present. <laughs> I've just zoned out completely. All right, a bit of, uh, quickly a bit of uh, background uh, on Cassandra. So Cassandra was... Uh, was trained from birth to be the ultimate assassin by her parents, uh, well, mainly her father, um, who's basically one of the world's greatest fighters. That's and, a weird thing to train your child to do. Yeah, well, they were weird people. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, weird people, yeah. her, I can't remember her father's name. It was something, something Kane. Um, and her mother was Lady Shiva, who is one of the deadliest people in the DC universe. I mean, she's, she's like a Catwoman. Lady Shiva. Yeah, that sounds like she should be like one of those Star Trek Catwomen. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, so she's she's. I mean, she's so deadly that even Batman sort of doesn't really want to go up against her most of the time. Um, she's uh, and actually, he actually got some training off of her. So that's how impressive she is. Uh, so yeah, so trains his birth to be the ultimate assassin. She uh, never learnt to read. They never they never taught her to read or write. Or and she doesn't speak. Um, not because uh, she's her basically the. They really screwed this child up. Yeah. So her brain yeah. her brain is wired in a certain way that those sort of parts of her brain have been taken over by <laughs> other other fighting combat type related stuff so it's just so that sort of part of her brain sort of shrunk and everything else neurologically sort of that makes no sense <laughs> no <laughs> it makes perfect sense it's all scientifically accurate <laughs> uh, and uh, anyway so uh so to give you a sort of an idea of some of the sort of stuff that she's been able to do um she anticipates her opponent's moves by reading body language yes yeah, her deathstroke was unable to hit her she defeated her mum lady shiva uh, and actually ends up killing her, um, or allowing her to die. Well, what she deserves that for raising her child to be an assassin. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, when she was eight years old, she beat down a bunch of grown men, uh, trained killers. She can dodge a bullet from point-blank range, so she's almost superhuman speed level. Uh, she she took on she took on a group of thugs so fast they didn't even know who it was who was beating them up. 
Um, so that's pretty that's pretty good. Um, oh, her father's David Kane. There you go. I've got it here. Uh, she's also been trained by Bronze Tiger and Batman How did himself. you forget his name was David? I know. It's, <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> so, yeah, so she's pretty damn good. Yeah, that's Cassandra. She's a cool character. Um, her childhood... Um, and the way her parents raised her sounds like she was raised to be a villain. It yeah. doesn't sound like the yeah. way a, um, a, a hero's parents would raise them. <laughs> she was, yeah, she, you're totally, you're 100% right. She was raised to, raised to be the, the ultimate assassin. Psylocke. So, Psylocke, we've, uh, we've had Psylocke before. Psylocke is, uh, so this is the Rick Remender version. Psylocke twice, but we can't have Batman. Well, Psylocke was, was not in Psylocke was not in this rare in this current iteration. Okay, season she wasn't in season three. So anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, so what was I saying? Uh, yeah, so Psylocke, uh, ninja assassin. Um, it's the Remender version. So she's in. So it's the current uh, the Asian version that we all know. Um, she's telepathic. She's telekinetic. Uh, her, tele- her telekinesis is is quite powerful, but she most of the time she uses it to manifest a uh, what she calls the side dagger, which she can then stab people with and disrupt their neural impulses. But she can also, during the remainder runs, she's shown to generate katanas, so telekinetic katanas, twin telekinetic katanas, um, and she and she could theoretically telekinetically do anything. Really, I mean, she's really ridiculously powerful, but that's mainly what she uses them for. Um, and I. Can I, and I think, yeah, I, I do believe that she actually uses it to enhance her own speed at some point, uh, to sort of make her a bit more resilient to damage and stuff. Uh, yeah, so telepathic, um, and yeah, all the sort of classic sort of ninjury type stuff. That's pretty much it, really. So that's a pretty basic character, really, to get right, ready to get right down to it. Yeah, so back your, uh, so yeah, so morality is off, so they're both willing to kill, and uh, I think that that gives Cassandra quite a substantial edge, because... She's killed, you know. Will I mean both of them? Are, both of them have killed in the past, um, and but I think Cassandra, Cassandra going all out to kill. And if she can predict every move, Psylocke can make, then she's got it. Yeah, but Psylocke can also, with her telepathy, also predict what Cassandra's going to do. So yeah. what, what I find, what so I find that, interesting is that that neutralizes it. They each sort of, other, they balance each other out. But what, I, what, I'm, what I'm interested in is, is to get your guys' opinions on this. Is no, there's no comic based thing for this that I can that I, that I could find I, in my research I couldn't find it but can can Psylocke actually read what Cassandra's going to do because Cassandra does it by instinct and like her brain is wide in a, in a, a non-typical human way can Psylocke read what what Cassandra's going to do she has to decide to do it not just do it yeah so the, the, the second that she's taking to decide to do it could be a downfall because Batgirl could already have figured it out I guess. Or is it like positrons and, and, and that sort of thing? Is it the, the two of them the same cancel each other out, and so they're both of those abilities are then for mood. Yeah, so then it goes, goes, gets down to sort of fighting ability alone because neither of them can predict what each other's going to do. Or I think with the, the second it takes Psylocke to put that ability into gear, uh, oh. Kat, well, what's her name? Cassandra, Cassie. Because she's meant to be super fast as well, so she's already she's not she's ahead of her. I think she I think she would figure out what she's going to do in a split second before Psylocke's even got a chance to read her mind. Yeah, see, I like that. What do you reckon, bro? I'm still thinking about the whole instinct being if whether it's actually thought thing. I think I I think I agree with it though. I think I agree. So the so Cassandra's 
ability to read her moves is faster than Psylocke's telepathic reading her brain. Well, think of it this way. If you had to think about moving your arm in order for it to move, yeah. Um, and I just, and, and you sort of had to tell your arm, go raise, pick up that cup, or I could just go pick up that cup. Yeah. I would beat you. Uh, does, yeah. does Psylocke's powers work so well that she reads the, like, your brain sending your arm the signal or is it that she actually have to listen to your actual thoughts? Like if you're, if you're thinking about something like, if yeah, you're I think she has to something through in your mind. She could hear that, but could she also hear, you know, just your brain sending the impulse to, to move your body in such a way? Yeah. I think it's the first thing. I think she actually has to make a conscious effort to read what you're thinking. And I don't yeah. think Cassandra actually thinks about it. She just does it all I've, by impulse. I've, Never, I've never even thought about this before. Because I think this is basically the hinder of this fight, right? This is, this is why I brought this up right at the start, because they're both... I think Cassandra has the edge in terms of fighting ability. Like, Psylocke has to... Psylocke essentially cheats. Like, Psylocke is uh, a non-fighter's brain in a fighter's body. So, Psylocke herself, Betsy, wasn't a ninja trained killer, but the body that she inhabits is, and so she's inherited these abilities and then she uses her her mutant gifts to sort of enhance that fighting ability whereas cassandra's been trained since birth to kill and kill everything you know is so with you know with no remorse so i think cassandra i mean as as proven by the fights she's had with deathstroke and batman she's i think she has the edge in terms of terms of combat especially with her ability to read what psylocke is going to do ahead of time but then you've got Psylocke's mutant gifts. I mean, Psylocke could theoretically just switch Cassandra's brain off and not even have to fight her. She could telekinetically explode yeah. her head. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, so in, in, if we go down that route of Psylocke of just basically essentially cheating and just killing her, it's as, soon, as soon as Cassandra shows up, Psylocke just makes her head explode. I and mean, that's it. I mean, that's basically the whole game over. If we go down the route of them actually having a fight, because Psylocke likes to fight, she actually... I picked the Remender version for a reason, because at this point she actually enjoys being on X-Force. She enjoys killing people. It's, and she goes sort of like a dark period. And so um, she tries to fight against it, but she, the reality is that she actually enjoys it. And so she would want to have a fight. She would want to fight. And so they actually have a physical confrontation. And then in that case, I think Cassandra's... Because we've established that Psylocke can't read what she's going to do ahead of time, I think Cassandra's ability to guess what she's going to do ahead of the time gives her the edge. Plus, her obviously in, in superior fighting abilities. Um, but also, but also, I think this this version of Psylocke, this version of the X Force, is all about like neutralizing the threat before it's a problem. It's all like preemptive striking kind yep, of deal. Yep. Yep. Um, so I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that. Uh, I think she might just disable her mind right away. Really? Do so you think she'd actually just switch her off? I I mean, if 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 uh, as she's going by that motto, like if she's just, I mean, she could literally like just snap her fingers and. She's also about honor, though. I mean, there, was there any honor in that? Morals have been removed. Morals have been removed. Good point. That's a good point. Mm. Good point. I don't know, man. I'm torn now. I actually thought I had it all worked Although, out with that. But you let Til, Til, Til keep a sense of honor. Actually, yeah, we had Til keep a That's sense true. of honor. That's true. Yeah. All right, well, let's say 
let's just put it out there that I think that she could do that. If this is based on who could win in a fight, um, then she could just she could just switch her brain off right away, just destroy her cerebral cortex telekinetically. Yeah. But if um, <laughs> if Cassandra could, it would sense what she's going to do. If she got wind of that quickly enough, would she have a defense for it? Well, see, she wouldn't get wind of it quickly enough because she reads their body language. It's not telepathy. Uh, yeah. So it's, I mean, she would have to become, she would have to get in within visual range of her. And by the time that happens, it's game over. I mean, so like she did. Does she have, she doesn't have any kind of device or anything that would, that would save her. From well, she that. has the, cl- the classic bat devices. I mean, you know, smoke yeah. bombs and batarangs and all that sort of business, but not enough to stop. I don't, I, I didn't see anything that would stop. Because basically the way I saw this fight going is because I just wanted to have an actual fight, was that Psylocke would... I actually thought Psylocke would eventually win, even though I thought oh, everything pushed towards Cassandra, but I thought Psylocke would eventually win because she would use her side knife and disrupts, disrupt Cassandra's ability to read her abilities, um, her moves, and then would then win by default. But um, If Cassandra gets a batarang between Psylocke's eyes, right into the brain... You reckon she'd be, you'd be able, she'd be able to get a batarang in? Yeah, so I guess so. So I guess it comes down to this: Are we are we, are we going with she kills Psylocke just kills Cassandra before they even have hand to hand combat, or they get to hand to hand combat and then Cassandra wins? Um, does Cassandra have any way of knowing that Psylocke has? Uh... So that's the thing that I wanted, I wanted to point out as well. Some, on on the internet, when when I see that, I sort of read these battles and, and sort of sort of stuff. Quite a lot of quite a lot of the things is they establish the rules at the start, right? So, um, so yeah. so our rules, you know, they they the morals are switched off. But one of the other rules that they establish is whether the combatants know each the, each other. So we did say at the start yeah. of season three is that people were actually actively joining this fight because they wanted to win the prize at the end. Yeah. So if we go by that, I think it's fairly safe to say that because they've because they've actively joined up, they haven't just been kidnapped. Um, uh, like we did for you know Captain A. See, Cap- see, Captain A joined the fight because he was trying to find out what happened to Black Widow. So it would make sense that they would then know in advance their opponent's capabilities. Yeah. So if we go with that, then that means Cassandra knows that Sarah can kill her with a thought, and would yeah. would go stealth. I mean, she's she would go all stealthy and injury, and try and do like surprise attacks and stuff. Yeah. And then she has, and then she has all her, her bat gear. So she has, you know, the smoke bombs and the the zip line and the batarangs and all that sort of stuff. So could we go the other way and have that Cassandra sneak attack Psylocke, which means it then becomes Malay, which then means I, which I then think means Cassandra wins. I agree. I think I think I think based on the rules of the competition, it's likely that they would know. Yeah, so if that's an official rule of season three, then yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, so we'll make that as a, an official rule of season three, so we'll add it to the KO rule. They, The combatants know each other's abilities, right? From, from yeah. here, For this season, at the very least. Because cool. people are approaching the competition. People yeah. are joining in the competition. Yeah. yeah, we'll go with that. All right, cool. So Psylocke's joined because she likes to kill, or... or um, <laughs> we'll make it storyline, alright. So I like to join the fight because she found out that uh, she heard it, she found a rumour that the people running the competition were anti mutants and were doing some sort of anti mutant type thing to a plan to kill all the mutants and so she's coming as X Force style. <laughs> alright. And Cassandra's joined because she likes to fight people. <laughs> yeah. Alright, cool. 
So they know each other's abilities. Does that change your opinion on who wins? If they know each other's abilities, then I think that um, I think that Cassandra Cain could uh, have the upper hand just because she would go into it knowing that she has to disable um, Psylocke immediately, and I think I think she would I think she would just go in straight for the kill right away. Otherwise, she loses. Yeah, I'll go with that. I agree. So we're all in agreement. Cassandra wins. Yes. Yep. By being sneaky. All right. It wasn't a very, it wasn't a very fun one to listen to, probably because we didn't have a cool story. <laughs> <laughs> but I really think it's an immediate kill in both ways. I think if Cassandra wins, it's because it's because she batarang to the face right away. Yeah. And and then if Psylocke wins, it's because she immediately walked in and just said, "Dead. You're you're dead now." Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> This is like high noon. It's like they, this, you know, like they take ten paces and then just turn around. <laughs> That's awesome. Pass, want, the, yeah. They just appear at the other side of the street. <laughs> <laughs> That's not high noon. I know it's not. I know it's not. But that's the classic music, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. It's not high noon. You're right. Anyway, all right. So, all right. So, all three of us agree that uh, Cassandra wins. Yes. Let's go to our Facebook comments. Now, our Facebook results. Uh, uh, we're we're disappointing in this one, I must say. It was we had, didn't have anywhere near as much as we had for our previous ones, so um, it's a bit of a disappointment. But as of uh, as of this recording, we had twenty nine comments, uh, and I had to disqualify a couple of them. So out of a possible twenty seven results, we had one vote for Squirrel Girl. <laughs> for what? Squirrel Girl. Squirrel. Squirrel Girl is just is the other Marvel character who's essentially like Deadpool. Like she never loses. Yeah. But unlike Deadpool, she's actually a cool character. Um, she's actually she's cool. She will never be in the competition because she can't lose. But she's she is awesome. But as I had of a possible twenty-seven results, Batgirl ten, Psylocke seventeen. Wow, really? So Facebook said Psylocke. And you should have seen it. It was hilarious. It was basically thirteen Psylocks in a row <laughs> until someone finally come on. Uh, it was actually Black Sword had come on saying. What the hell? Why is no one voting Batgirl? <laughs> and, so, and so then we got a couple of Batgirls, and then we got a couple more Psylocke, and, and uh, so, but yeah, so Psylocke 17, Batgirl 10. So according to Facebook, Psylocke is the winner. Is it because um, Cassandra Kane, not, not necessarily Batgirl, because everyone's heard of Batgirl, but Cassandra yeah, Kane yeah. is a bit more of an obscure character, and people may yeah. not know how powerful she could be. You know, it is possible because oh, I actually, okay. but I, even though I do say in the notes specifically the Cassandra Kane version, I can only assume people are, you know, voting because it's Batgirl yeah. as is Batgirl. Well, Cassandra Kane yeah. means meant nothing to it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know who that is. Until you researched her for the show, right? Until you told me who it was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so I don't know. I don't know. So so do we add our three votes to the Batgirl tally and make it thirteen to seventeen, which means the victory is actually Psylocke? How no. do we do this? No, 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 no. Our victory always the, the, what we say is always stood. It just, the the votes. Um, uh, it's just like American politics. The votes the votes don't matter. Man. The votes. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> the votes don't matter. Make everybody feel special. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible thing to say. We do it for the fans. Like the votes matter. The points do matter. The points do matter. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to go with Cassandra for Victor for this in terms of moving her up to, to the next ranking. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, now I do. Uh, I do need to point out. So it, uh, this, is, this is pretty cool stuff. But uh, so our next round. 
um, is actually a fan request. So we, we have a, a new fan on Facebook. Her, her name is Jemima Parker. Um, and she, uh, she, left a, she left a cool uh, a cool comment where she was basically saying that uh, she uh, hadn't listened to the last sort of batch of Clash of Champions and now that she she's sort of she's gone back and sort of listened to them all and so she's you know she's really really excited she's she, she like she really enjoys the the, the concept so so that was a uh, very cool so I, I won't read out the actual comment <laughs> itself but the comment was hilarious um yeah so but uh, jemima has actually suggested the the next round and uh, it's strangely enough one of the combatants in her next round was actually going to be in the next round so it's like a, a psychic half psychic thing so mm. it's pretty cool so Tyler. So, yeah, so <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, yeah, so she so she has suggested uh, Riddick from the movies Pitch uh, Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick uh, versus the Somehow Punisher. I've never seen those movies. You never Somehow seen any of those films? Neither have I. My wife, my wife likes them, but I've never seen them. That's a disgrace. You should, at the very least, watch Pitch Black. I'll watch it. I'll watch it yeah. before next week. And Riddick. Watch Riddick. Skip over Chronicles of Riddick because it's terrible. Watch Pitch Black and Riddick. Um, and, uh, yeah, and The Punisher. The Punisher was actually going to be in the next round. It was actually going to be um, uh, Punisher versus... Uh, who was it there? I can't remember now. No, can't for life remember who it was. But Mr. It was, T. It was, sorry? Mr. T. Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it was Punisher versus John Wick. That's who it was. Um, uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, the, the Battle of the Guns, it was. It was something like that. So, uh, But yeah, but I, I've replaced John Wick with, uh, with at Jemina's suggestion, with Riddick. So that's a pretty cool competition, I think. So that's uh, round six. All right, let us, let us know your thoughts. Uh, you know, so obviously we're, we're in disagreement with the internet. Like, we, we've gone with Cassandra. The internet went with Psylocke. Let us know what you thought. Agree or disagree. Let's move on to Azerothian Times. So, like I said at the start, uh, I got a, a, a lot of stuff to get through. So I'll, I'll go as I'll go as quick as I can, and then we'll get. Uh, Bo's got some stuff that he wants to talk about. Yes, as we mentioned a couple of episodes back, uh, patch six point two, Fury of Hellfire was released, uh, and um, it's introduced some new stuff, some new content, uh, specifically the following: the shipyard. So the shipyard is is the new uh, missions that you can see. You can send ships on missions and. Uh, Quite frankly, it's a complete waste of time. But unfortunately, it's also how it unlocks Tanan Jungle. So part of the shipyard is that you go to Tanan and you get some, uh, uh, which is the new area. The new area that's unlocked is uh, is Tanan Jungle, and um, uh, it's yeah. You go to Tanan and you get some plan that you then some plan for some ship that you then go back to your shipyard and, and sort of use. So you have you have to unlock the shipyard in order to unlock Tanan Jungle. Uh, yeah. So and uh, my suggestion is. Uh, is once you've unlocked the shipyard, just ignore it because it's uh, kind of pointless. Yeah. It takes like four days. I mean, I'm not kidding. It takes like four days to do a mission, and you get like 25 gold or something. It's pathetic. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. it's a complete waste of time. So just move on. But Tanan yeah, Jungle was they, this new area. Why did they? Why did they ever think that was going to be a good like that was going to be a good thing? Like it's not. You know, I'm I'm not bored with the followers. I like the follower missions, but I don't yeah. I don't get the why they ever think that. Because the reward is just not good enough for for the amount of effort yeah, you have to the, put into the shipyard. Yeah, the four days thing, uh, you know, three days, four days, that sort of stuff. It's, it's, that, I mean, it makes sense logically, I suppose, because the ship actually has to sail off to the thing and do what yeah. they have to do and sail back, right? I guess logically yes. it makes sense. But make the reward worth it. 
I mean, 25 yeah, I gold. Send, I wouldn't send anybody out for two or three days to come back with 200 gold, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It is crazy. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so Tanan Jungle is the new area. It's uh, it's what will, in our original timeline, eventually becomes Hellfire Peninsula. So it's um, it's pretty cool. It's got the it's the new Hellfire Citadel raid is located in that area, and it's got a, a pretty unique sort of system where they've taken the... Uh, the event-type structure. So when you travel around to Nan, you get to a certain area, and an event will unlock, and you, you have to complete a 100% sort of area of that area, 100% by killing stuff in order to, in order to sort of complete that. And it sort of completes... You don't have to go back and hand that quest in. You actually it just, you get the reward straight away once you've completed that area. Yeah. Um, and the main... The city, uh, Wolf of the Horde, the city's called... Uh, Vol Volgen or something I guess something like that. But anyway, so you so you make you make camp. Uh, you set up like a little mini garrison, and um, in there you get a whole bunch of daily quests. And those daily quests are used to earn rep for the three factions that you need to earn rep for in order to get the Pathfinder achievement. So the rep, uh, the rep, uh, well for the Horde at least is Volgen Headhunters, the Order of the Awakened. And the Saber Stalkers uh, for the for the for the Alliance, the um, the Vulture Headhunters is replaced by uh, the Hand of the Prophet. So that's Tanan. Um, and it's pretty cool. It's got a whole bunch of treasures and stuff. Uh, the Pathfinder yeah. achievement, which is what you need to unlock flying for your characters, finally, which is as regular listeners will know, that's one of my bugbears of this of this ex- expansion. Is there's no flying. Uh, so the, the Pathfinder achievement is made up of the following. Uh, explore Draenor, Draenor, which is uh, you basically just have to explore the map of Draenor. Uh, Master Treasure Hunter, which is uh, you find 100 treasures, and I can tell you that's easy. Uh, Lore Master, which is you have to do the different chapters of quests from around Draenor. Again, pretty easy. Uh, securing Draenor, which is you have to do uh, all of the uh, bonus objectives that you get from your garrison. Uh, so they're the ones that, um, when you're inside the main main building of your garrison, they're the ones that send you off to get a Pexus crystals. So if you do all those, um, and again, that's also easy. If you if you're actually just a quick pro tip, if you are missing any of those, just uh, if you've got a level three garrison, um, you can actually go to your quartermaster and get missives. You can buy missives, and those missives will let you do any of the ones that you're missing. So just buy the missives for the ones that you're missing, and then just go complete them, and that works as well um instead of having to wait because it's a daily thing it changes every day so you don't have to wait yeah. you can actually just go do that um, which is what i did i was missing one you know like five days of not appearing i just thought bugger it just went and bought the missing sweat and did it and bang it was done uh and the last one is tanan diplomat which uh bo is looking up but i'm 100 percent sure that i'm right is that you need to get revered yeah, i'm right yeah, yeah you are, but it's, it's weird though because i'm telling you I, I looked at it at some point and it said it said with one faction. I don't. I don't know where that changed. I don't know. Uh, so instead, well, yeah. So you actually need to get revered with the three factions that are in that uh, little mini garrison of yours. Um, and uh, uh, just on a personal note, I'm actually I'm one one quest away from getting it. So I just need one more quest with the Order <laughs> of the Awakened, and I'm done. And it's and the reason that is is it's, it's a bit of a bummer because the Order of Awakened only give you one quest every day. So and and you get uh, eighteen hundred experience. So, but Vulgen, the Vulgen hand hunters give you a couple of quests, so it's easy to get them up pretty quick. I got them ages ago. Um, and then on the, the complete flip side of that is the saber saber stalkers. 
they actually only give you they give you one daily quest in the Saber Stalkers area. Actually, it's not and it's not even in the it's not even in your garrison. It's in it's in if you have to go to the area where the Saber Stalkers are, and you can get a quest where you can challenge and defeat three of the bosses, and that gives you eighteen hundred as well. So to get the Saber Stalkers, uh, a bit of a tip is actually I got the Saber Stalkers in one day in four hours by doing wow. doing the one quest. And then grouping up with another with four other people, and then we just annihilated every single saber saber creature that we saw. Um, it was actually pretty funny. While we were doing that, one of them actually got one of the group actually said, "Do you actually, do we? Does anybody else feel bad that we're actually just wiping out all these saber cats for no reason?" <laughs> Which I thought was I was quite proud of that person. I actually gave him a hug in game because I thought it was like no one ever says this. Like we're actually we've gone to this 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 cat this settlement of of humanoid cat creatures. And we're wiping them out for no reason at all. Like, there's nothing yeah. in game for it. Anyway, it's, just, it's a whole. It's, it's the my morality of this game. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, but uh, yeah, so four hours and I was banned. I was ex- I was actually exalted. I could have stopped at Revere, but I just I thought. Do you remember Bucket. when everybody was killing those frogs on the Timeless Island? Yeah, that would be like like looking for group like frog <laughs> massacre, and they had all these like, funny names like frog apocalypse. <laughs> It's the tigers this expansion. <laughs> now it's these, yeah. Now it's these saber creatures. Um, I guess I get. Oh, no, yeah, there's, there's a whole different conversation. But yeah, so um, so yeah, so I'm pleased to say that I am one quest away from getting that entire thing, which will get me a new mount, uh, which I don't care about, but also will then in the next patch unlock flying for all my level ninety characters. Yeah. And uh, we, I do. We did. We have talked about this before. This 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 flying situation and. I am still annoyed. I won't deny it. There's, having to do all this to unlock flying is ridiculous. Yeah. But on the flip side, it has been ridiculously easy as well. And so I'm actually yeah. not that annoyed. I'm, I'm less annoyed. I'm still annoyed, but less annoyed. It's weird. But, yeah, it's not as bad as we as we once said. Mm. And um, and it's kind of given me something to do in between raiding because I used to only log in just to raid and then, and then uh, you know, wait for the next raid night. And then this kind of gives me something to do in between those times. Yeah. Um, if you go to wowhead.com slash flying, uh, they have a place where you can put in your your realm and your character name, and it'll tell you how far along you are in the progress. Well, look me, look me up. It even gives you like a percentage of the, look. like, uh, right now I'm 75% um, complete on my lore master of Draenor. Um, so that gives <laughs> That's you, like, awesome. Look me up. Look me up. Look up Zeldara. I'm Medivh. <laughs> yep, you are. The only thing you have left is Order of the Awakened, and you're ninety four point three percent away from that. Ah, oh, yeah, one hundred percent, all the way down on everything else. You know, I'd be so, more excited uh, if you actually fly. Wildhead.com slash flying. That's that's pretty. <laughs> That's, that's pretty, pretty nice. It's pretty sweet. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's the Pathfinder achievement. So yeah, so it's it's pretty. Like I said, pretty easy. Pretty easy to do. Doesn't take long. Um, yeah, so t- so Tenen Jango is also a, what, what holds the Hellfire Citadel raid, um, and is. Is, I don't know, a bit, a bit, I, don't, I think it's a bit of controversy. I don't know. I mean, Bo might disagree, but um, the end, they've revealed that this is actually is the actual last raid tier for this sort yeah. of series. Um, and the end boss of Hellfire Citadel is Ark, Archimond. Archimond, yeah. And I just find it kind of baffling that it's not Gul'dan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I so part of, those, part of the rumors I heard today that I wanted to talk about has to do with why that would be. Right but uh, I, I'll say, as a raid, uh, Hellfire Citadel has been really cool. We're like uh, we're like halfway through it on normal, and the the fights are doable but unforgiving. It's like 
uh, kind of the theme of this raid. Well, the first couple of bosses are actually like just hand me loot. Like the first, the yeah. first couple of bosses are stupid easy. Yeah. Um, but then you get to a point where if you make it, like you have to learn the mechanics. Once you learn the mechanics, you have to get them right every time. Like there's a certain. It's not every mechanic, every fight, but there's like every fight has at least one or two mechanics that if you screw up on, you will end it for everybody. Like you have to, everybody has to communicate and make sure that certain things are taking place or, or it's over. So, but it's but it's fun because it's doable. It's not like and you don't feel like you're beating your head against the wall. You know, you're trying to kill an impossible boss. It's it, it's they're doable. It's just it just is a lot of personal responsibility though. You can't just be you can't just be like a zombie in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the fini- did you see the final cutscene? I did see. It. I did watch it. Yeah. It. Uh, it's interesting. It's kind of underwhelming, isn't it? It is very underwhelming. It is very underwhelming, and, and I don't think it's going to be the final cutscene of the expansion. Yeah. Um, but to be that, but Archimon apparently is the final boss, which is yeah. which is really bizarre. Yeah, it's a cool um, fight, the Archimon fight. I've watched someone's got a video on YouTube about it. it it's pretty cool, but. Yeah, I just it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me that it's not Gul'dan. And it was originally going to be um, Gromash, and they've changed it to Archimond. So it's, hmm. that's, I mean, according to the... I watched the dev theme there on, on Wowhead where, with the devs themes, and, and yeah, where they just flat out just... They just flat out uh, asked him, was like, well, what's the deal with Archimond being the, the last boss? And so they explained that it was originally going to be Gromash, but then it made more thematic sense to be Archimond, um, and that they'll explore... You know what happens to what Gordon does later on. Yeah. So the rumor that that I'm hearing on Reddit is that, and, and I don't know where this rumor comes from, but supposedly somebody inside of Blizzard or something. But there's going to be another cutscene to the expansion, maybe at the end of a quest line or some sort of, you know, some sort of uh, patch or something that finalizes this expansion but bridges into the next one. And um, it, and it's kind of it's kind of silly that they're doing the same thing twice. Where we chased we chased um, Garrosh around Azeroth, and then he you know is what pushes us into the next expansion, and then dies immediately. And this it's kind of sounds like they're doing the same thing. Um, at the end of that video clip, he kind of disappears, and and um, Cadgar is all like. Oh well, this was too easy. You couldn't have died. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, like it, it was, you know. It just, and then he just disappears, and then that's the end of that cutscene. Yeah. Well, rumor is is that the next, the next cutscene, you know, that'll finalize the expansion and lead us into the next expansion. Um, Jared, um, Dan will be rematerialized into our Azeroth. And oh, okay, cool. That makes sense. And um, with Gul'dan in our Azeroth, he could wake. Um, the rumor is that he's going to wake uh, the uh, the Naga, the Naga that have been like enslaved and everything. Yeah, that's the rumor. And we're going to have like a Naga. What he's going to resurrect a Shara or something? Yeah, yeah, Queen of Shara expansion. Oh, so they're, they're going to and what the Naga is a playable race? You know, uh, you know, the Naga is a playable race thing would be cool. But, yeah. like, what do they do for boots, right? <laughs> well, they just like, don't display. They, yeah, but you still have boots. That's weird to me. You still got <laughs> to pick up boots off of bosses, but yet they're not going to show up on your character. That's t- why I couldn't play a troll. That's why I quit playing trolls, because they, they don't wear shoes. Yeah, I guess, but 
I'm cool with it. I'm willing, to, I'm willing to suspend disbelief for the ability to have Nagas as a playable racer because that would be cool. Yeah, no, nah, Naga would be Naga would be cool, and, and it is kind of just a game mechanic, you know, rule. I mean, they they could yeah. probably do that and get away with it. I think it would be it'd be made fun of, but it would be okay. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, Naga as a playable race would be cool. Another race I'd like to play is those bird people from Fire Spires of Iraq. That'd be cool. Which versions though? The short, that. squatty, the the sketches like ones or the tall thin yeah. ones the the um the the warlords draenor ones not the um ones that are in uh in uh burning crusade yeah right that's hey, actually yeah, the tall the tall ones they're they're pretty cool but yeah, yeah. actually I would, I'd, I'd my my favorite would be the consortium yeah the ethereal trader guys they look bloody sick yeah 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 those are cool those yeah. are cool but Anyway. Um, all right, so let me give you my fan fiction. I told you I'm going to give you a fan fiction next expansion, right? All right, hit me. And this is way too much fan service. They'll, they'll never do this. They'll never <laughs> do this, but it'll, it'll, this will be a, a Don't, never, never say never, dude. <laughs> never say never. They've introduced buyable WoW tokens. They never say, said they'd never do that, and they did it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so the next this expansion ends. The final cut scene, we see, we see uh, Gul'dan rematerialize. At the foot of Ice Crown Citadel. Ice Crown Citadel. That's all we see of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's all we see of it. And it's and we don't know if it's our our Azeroth. We don't know if it's the JJ Abrams Azeroth. We don't know <laughs> what it is. Um, but we just know that he's in a version of Azeroth and it has the Ice Crown Citadel. So pretty much it's, it's probably ours because that's our version of history. And um, and then we don't hear anything else about it. The next expansion starts. The cutscene starts. What's the guy that's sitting in ICC right now wearing the armor? The burning uh, dude? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. The guy that takes over from Arthas. Um, but anyway, <laughs> he stumbles He stumbles across the bridge to the gates of Stormwind. And then Cadgar see, sees him and is like, what, 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 what? If he's here, then who's sitting at the top of ICC? Oh! So you reckon then, Goldon becomes the Lich King? So that's what everybody thinks. That's what, every, that's what everybody. That's what everybody's been suspicious of, right? So then we remake the first rate of the expansion, not the last. The first rate of the expansion is ICC reimagined, right? And we think that we're going to fight our way to the top, and the final boss is going to be Lich King Gul'dan. But when we get there, so instead of Bolvar, instead of Bolvar, thank you. Yeah. When we get there, it's not Gul'dan. It's Lady Sylvanas. Oh! And we, <laughs> and we find out that she's been keeping a, a, a shard of Frostmourne all this time. Yeah. And it's been whispering to her all along. And it's it's had like someone, it's had like uh, the original Gul'dan soul in Frostmourne all this time. And, and it's been whispering to her. And, um, hold on, I got this word now. Oh, and, and here's, here's how this makes sense. This yeah. all makes sense in current game. Yeah. Because um, ever since Cataclysm, She's been building an army, and we don't know why. It's because this sword's been whispering to her all this time and telling her to do it. Yeah. She's also had like this paranoia the whole time. And when you click on any undead NPC or Forsaken NPC, they're always like, you know, don't trust the living and all this kind of stuff. And the Torrens and Thunderbluff, they'll say, um, you know, the the Forsaken's up to something. And there's been this distrust between the Forsaken and the rest of the Horde. And it's because it's be, and it could. My narrative is that it's because. Um, she's been building this like paranoia army this whole time and waiting for us to leave Azeroth, which we did in Warlords of Draenor, yeah. for her to use that opportunity to take over. 
it does kind of fly. Your theory does kind of fly in the face of Sylvanas, who's very much about self control. So she wouldn't be yeah. willing to give up her, her only, c- control. She's only loyal to the horde because she needed the horde's protection. Yeah. Until she eventually builds an army big enough, she doesn't yeah. need us anymore. Yeah, so so she wouldn't. I don't think she current Sylvanas. I don't think she'd go into it willingly. But if what you're saying is that there's the the shards being whispering it all the time and it's basically driven her mad, then I can totally see that happening. That makes perfect sense to me, and sounds bloody awesome. Do with uh, Gul'dan after after this. So we we went to the top of ICC thinking it was going to be Gul'dan as Lich King, and then it it turns out it's Lady Sylvanas. I think. What does she have? Like, what is Gul'dan doing in this? Well, she's either got him entombed or she's killed him. Yeah. See, I think she would, like, he, he would be like her, like, uh, like, like pet on a chain. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be kind of like when you first go to uh, Draenor and they've got Gul'dan trapped underneath the gate, powering the gate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. powering the portal, right? So I'd, I'd say, yeah, okay. I'd say she'd, she'd turn on him. And have him trapped somewhere, and you go through ICC like a, a like revamped version of ICC, and he you find him, and he helps you beat her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ICC could be all like covered in like fell magic, like yeah, you know, because fell ice, ice, green, green glowing ice. Green ice. <laughs> Holy crap! This is brilliant. All right, Blizzard. You could officially, we're officially saying you could take this. Are you cool with it, bro? You could take this. You don't have to pay yeah, us any money. So take this and the wardrobe idea, the Brianna wardrobe idea that we had. You could take those. Introduce the fact that followers can get uh, captured in dungeons, and I'll even yeah. throw in dance studio. Put all of that into the next expansion. And so if it does, you've got another ten it, years on me. If it does turn out that we're going back to old Azeroth, which it sounds like we probably are, I don't think they're scrapping Azeroth. Um, I think they'll probably take this opportunity to revamp zones again. Um, yeah. Maybe not to the extent Cataclysm did, um, but maybe they'll fix some of the bad zones from Cataclysm. Who knows? Yeah, um, but, I mean, talking about ICC, I mean that's a brilliant idea, right? So it's, we're officially on the record that that's how we want the next expansion to go, which is awesome. It's brilliant. I, I'm very proud of you. Um, that, so that brings us to the new, one of the other features of 6.2, which is the time-walking dungeons. So, oh, yeah. So they've introduced this thing where... Well, they've introduced this, this, this bonus event sort of thing where every weekend they have a bonus event of some kind, whether it's Dark Moon uh, or you know extra Apexis crystal pickup or the arenas or something like that. And one of those bonus events is time-walking dungeons where they've basically they've revamped the dungeons so that you can now go back to certain dungeons... For, and uh, your gear, you still have all the same abilities, but your gear is is put down to the level that you should have been at during those dungeons. So the first event was the uh, Burning Crusade stuff, which was just bloody awesome. So you could go into yeah, it was really cool. you go into look looking for group and uh, and do the Burning Crusade dungeons at, at that level and get gear that was that would be at that level when you picked it up but then when you got out of the dungeon the gear would ramp up to your current gear levels which is just it was a cool it's an awesome concept it was a cool way i mean it's basically them admitting that the dungeons in this in warlords of Draenor are boring as hell and so you've actually now go back to get to do the cool stuff and it's actually and it and it was so funny watching people trying to face roll these dungeons because level 100 doing a uh, Burning Crusade dungeon, you can solo every single one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you'd get this group of people, and I don't know I don't know about you, but when I was doing it, every group I was in would have some idiot 
who was just trying to run through it as quickly as possible, forgetting the fact yeah. that they were actually now de-geared down and they'd get slammed every time. Every group without fail. What about you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, same experience, for sure. <laughs> Especially uh-huh. in that one where... What's the, what's the one where um, you, you go up against all those consortium people? Yeah, I don't pull, know what it's called. I know what you're talking about. He's pulling consortium left, right, and center. And it's yeah. just... Every time someone would die, as soon as they ran around the corner, dead. <laughs> it's like hilarious because it got like a hundred consortium on it. It's just, oh my god! But uh, yeah, there was a lot. It was a lot of fun. But this weekend, so going back to your uh, your prediction for the next expansion, next this weekend, yeah. uh, next weekend coming up is ICC. Yeah, that's that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I love those five man dungeons. They, that that was the best expansion as far as um, heroic dungeons were concerned. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I you made you made an excellent point when we, when we were chatting last uh, chatting yesterday. You made an excellent point about the lore aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, you got the lore in the in the dun in the five mans, which is uh, the way they're doing lore now. You pretty much get it in LFR before you do normal and, and heroic. But uh, yeah, I remember doing the and being chased by the Lich King in that one part. And yeah, yeah, it was it, they did a really great job of, of explaining the lore even before you got to. Uh, any kind of normal or heroic content. Yeah, and, and it was, and it was, uh, we and were did... talking last night. Like I don't know, yeah. I don't know half the reasons I'm in any of the dungeons I'm in. <laughs> in you know, I don't know why I'm on the train. I don't know what the train is. What it has to do with it. <laughs> you're so you're so right. I mean, there is there is a, a, a general theme with it with the current dungeons, but ICC I think was the perfect example of how to do it in terms of story. So I mean, you had you did it. In a chain, so you had, I mean, each you did one in, in in sequence, and each there was a reason to go to each one, you know, in terms of the lore and the overall the overall story of 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 the Frozen Throne. So it was, yeah, it was great stuff. Yeah, it, it, you know, that expansion was just, you know, I I hope I hope that they ever they find a way to top that again. Yeah, uh, but it just was a it was the right time sort of in, in gaming history and it was it was just the right time for blizzard yeah um yeah. it was just when all the car all all the stars were just exactly aligned with that expansion and, and um i can't wait to do those time walker dungeons i mean I, to relive it again at level yeah uh, it'd be so awesome it is going to be magnificent uh, the other, and so the other, just uh, just briefly, the other other six point two stuff they did was uh, they introduced mythic dungeons, so the the five man mythic versions of the dungeons. I haven't done any, but Barry, you have. Yeah, those are fun. Those are really cool because it's like uh, it reminds me of the old school WoW days where you know you're like, I want to do a mythic dungeon. I better have a like an hour or two to kill. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's not like it's not like uh, you know you do normals and heroics and you're like ah oh, it's going to be like fifteen twenty minutes I'm going to burn through as many as I can in a few hours. Um, I mean you're set out. You you a you have to find a group. You you can't queue for it. You can queue for it in their their like group finder queue thing. But um, you have to find a group um, of five people. Once you're in a group, it doesn't teleport you to the dungeon. You have to get two people there, then they can teleport you there, just like the old days. <laughs> old school. Which is, yeah, which is funny because for a while there, it was like, why are they even putting the stones in front of dungeons anymore? Because yeah. you don't even need them in, in the modern dungeons, you know? Like, why are they still there? Yeah. Um, so this gives those purpose. I mean, it, it, it is a really cool feeling to, and, and maybe it's just nostalgia, but it's just, it's a really cool feeling to have to go back to doing that. That actually, like, the world is a big place. 
I don't just teleport to the dungeon. I actually, it is a thing that exists inside this this world that I'm playing in. Mm. It's not just a separate, you know, instance from the rest of the game, which it really is. But it just this makes it feel more real. And then whenever you're in the dungeons, the dos- the the bosses are not as hard as I thought they were. Like the way they were talking about Mythic, it was going to be like super hard, but it's really not that bad. It's a step above um, heroic for sure, but. Um, you have to pay attention. It's you. you, you it, it really feels like old, old dungeons again, and and I, I really love the feeling of that. It might wear off in a while. I, I might <laughs> the nostalgia goggles might go away, and I might wonder why I'm having to run to each entrance. But um, for now, I'm, I'm loving it. I actually am going to do a lot of these uh, mythic dungeons. Cool. And uh, the other things, uh, the the legendary ring quest continues on. Uh, unfortunately, it involves having to you do this bloody shipyard, which is a shame, but. Anyway, um, and we've got some new toys, some new pets, uh, some new mounts, uh, and some new transmog gear and stuff. And they also had some class and profession changes. The main profession change was that um, when you tell your followers to make stuff for you, they just they now make much more than they used to do. So that's pretty good. For, oh, really? Yeah. So it's, yeah. So instead of just four hex weave cloth, you now get like twenty hex weave cloth. So, mm. but uh, then yeah, and so the, there's typical sort of class changes, some ability changes and stuff. But I just want to finish off as we're in times with some talk about the film. Um, so yeah, yeah, we've uh, we just uh, I just had, I just had another check uh, while you were talking just then. There's there's nothing on about anything about the trailer being shown at SDCC, but they did have some some news at uh, SDCC about uh, the films. Uh, Duncan Jones has said that. He wants it to be a trilogy, and he wants to do all three of the films. So two, two, two more films, and uh, he wants to direct them. Uh, they did release a prequel comic. Uh, I, I think they actually handed it out at SCCC, so, which is uh, pretty cool. Uh, so that would be interesting to read. But uh, the film, uh, they also released um, some posters. You've got the posters up, Bo? Yeah. The, they, they're doing, like, these Horde and Alliance posters. So, like... Mm. They're uh, trying to make it so that if you're a fan of one or the other, you don't feel like the movie is only servicing the other side, hmm. um, which I think is, is a really brilliant. I mean, it's really, uh, you know, they had so many different writers write screenplays for this, and I think that was one of the things that won him over with Duncan Jones was that he understood the concept of it's not necessarily humans versus orcs. Like, there, there has to be some sort of, you know, conflict that you, you feel for both sides. Like, it can't be... It can't just be like, oh, these are obviously the good guys, and these are obviously the bad guys. Yeah. Um, and they're doing this with the movie posters, too. They have an Alliance poster, and it looks very cool. You have to remind me who the characters are in the in the pictures. The Alliance side character is uh, the knight, uh, the, char- the knight who's in charge of the armies, uh, called Lotha. Uh, okay. Um, and the orc is Duritan. Duritan, okay. Hmm. Um, they, cause they look, uh, I mean, the humans obviously look the best cause they're actually humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty easy to get those. we got a lot of them that's around. Racist, dude. Um, yeah, that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, well, I think they look very impressive and, uh, it's very exciting. It's a shame we didn't have the, the trailer to talk about. Uh, a, a trailer would be awesome. They did have that, uh, that virtual reality tour of flying over Stormwind, um, app yeah, that you can download. That's, that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, check it out. But that's uh, that's all I've got for uh, Azeroth. That was a pretty big one. Have you got anything else? No, nah, man, I'm good. I just yeah. want to give you my fan fiction. Yeah, no, that was that was bloody awesome, dude. You should write that down. Uh, copyright it before they rip you off. You just told yeah. them I could have it. Oh, yeah, we can have it. You can have it. Uh, they can have it. If, if they do just, that, I'll be willing to let them have it. Just chuck it. Chuck it. Chuck, just chuck us in the game somewhere. 
It's half as his... Uh, yeah, his, like NPCs. Yeah, yeah. two it's NPCs. Even if it's just our corpses, it's like we, we, we tried to we tried to run it, we just couldn't do it. NCP and NPCs. NPCs. NCP, yeah. NCP NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right, let's finish up with Coming Soon. In Australian cinemas July 16, we get Ant-Man, the latest film from Marvel Studios, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Bo doesn't give a crap. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the Marvel the Marvel Universe, it just it's not winning me over lately. Just yeah. Not that they're bad movies, it's just that they're not... Like, whenever they were a novelty, like every couple of years you got a comic book movie, mm. I felt like I had to see every one. But now, I mean, there's like multiple ones coming out every year now, and I just feel like... Uh, Abused. <laughs> I can't go see them all. I'm not going to see it, man. I'm not interested. I well, I'm going to. I'm going to go see it because I think it looks cool. Uh, we also get Paper Towns, uh, Women He's Undressed, uh, Insidious Chapter Three, which actually, strangely enough, I've already seen. And I don't know why we got it so late than everybody else. And, late, yeah. and uh, yeah, it is. It is what it is. If you like the Insidious films, it, it is what it is. It's pre- it's actually a prequel. And we also get uh, Ruben Guthrie, which I don't know anything about. So moving on to Bo. <laughs> we also got Ant Man, uh, a movie called Trainwreck, which I don't know anything about. <laughs> Irrational Man, I don't know anything about. Um, the Stanford Prison Experiment, which I don't know anything about. Well, and, that's, that's when uh, they, they, they Holmes. Well, what was Mister Holmes? Yeah, it's um, yeah, Mister yeah, Holmes, Sherlock Holmes. Yep. Uh, but the Stanford Prison Experiment is when they get non non-prisoners and, and, like, civilians to play prisoners and prison guards. So put them in the roles of prisoners and prison guards and then as a social oh, experiment wow. to sort of see how people then react and it's... And they kill each other, right? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think they kill each other, but they do They do start... They do become, like, horrible people, like, completely contrary to what they are normally because of the roles that they're given. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it was, it's interesting. It's interesting situation. Train wreck is the Amy Schumer one, which yeah. may actually be a... Trainwreck. Yeah, yeah, Trainwreck. Amy yeah. Schumer is, uh, uh, she's, you know, but she's basically, uh, uh, she's a manizer. It's like it's like a woman, ver- a female version of a womanizer. And huh. then, but she, then, but then she falls in love, and so she decides that she should, you know, should change um, and try and make a, make a go. Everybody um, falls in love in the movies. <laughs> um, it doesn't Mr. happen in real Holmes, life. I think it looks cool. I want to see Mister Holmes. Yeah, you should see Ant Man. Is what you should do. But, uh, <laughs> no, stop the abuse. Stop the abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, that's it for episode 151, an epic episode, and sorry, I'll I'll try and edit some of it down, but it is going to be a long one, I just want to warn you, it is a long one. You can't warn people at the end. Uh, (laughs) That's so true, I'm just, my stupidity has been revealed, let's just end on that before I say anything else ridiculous. Thanks for joining us, thank you Bo. I I won't do it Marvel, I won't do it. (laughs) And Crystal. I warn you that... This is a really good episode. <laughs> you warned them that it's a good episode. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you have been warned. And Sylvanas is the new Lich King. Or Lich Queen. Yeah. Depends on how you go. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to NCP. Thank you for being a part of our crew. If you would like to support the show, you can use the Amazon widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. If you have any feedback, please go to nerdculturepodcast.com forward slash contact us where you will find a list of the many different ways you can interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.